Welcome to Zach to the Future. I'm your co-host, Dashiell Driscoll, joined today by Bayside's prom king, Mark Paul Gosler. Hello, Mark Paul. Hello, Dashiell. How are you? You know what? I'm really good, Dashiell. I'm going to cut right to the chase. You know who I have with me? Tiffany Thiessen Smith. <laughs> Smith. I said that right, right? I mean, or is it Tiffany Smith? Well, legally, I'm, Tiffany legally I'm Tiffany Smith, but but professionally, I'm Tiffany Thiessen. I'm not, I'm not hyphenated. Okay, but there used to be a point where... Correct me if I'm wrong, but in the beginning when I met you, it was Tiffany Tyson? No. Tyson? Those are just people who don't know how to pronounce my name right. No, I think I was one of them. (laughs) Well, it's like when everybody, everybody still mistakes you and calls you Mark, and I have to correct them when I'm around you all the time because they seem to forget that yours is hyphenated. Yeah, I know, but it's it's uncomfortable when people correct for me. It's annoying. I get I annoyed. Know. I get annoyed for you. Yeah, I know you get annoyed for me, and so do like you know some some peop- other people. That I know. You're not the only one that does this. Um, God, I was somewhere. I was just somewhere recently, uh, and and someone corrected, and I just got really uncomfortable because it was, it was like I didn't really care. I'd, I'd never see that person again. Yeah. And I only like people in my in my in my you know in my world basically know me as Mark Paul. They know me as MP. Mm-hmm. Um, and they always call me that. If they don't call me that, I know that we're not going to be friends. We're not, you know, we're not going to be acquaintances. Or they don't know long. you well, or it's just, yeah. I yeah, see. I yeah. And if they continue to call me Mark, it's like, yeah, okay, I, I, I see, <laughs> I see what you're doing here. What do you do at Starbucks? Uh, I'm MP, and then there, and it goes, you're empty, you're empty. Oh no, my gosh, MP. that's funny. And then it's M, yes, M. P, never mind. You know what? Just my, I, my husband actually gets all the time. Then no one can figure out that his name is Brady. He has to literally say, like the Brady Bunch, and then they get it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we just spent about five minutes on names. This is awesome. Yeah, this is no. Great. This is the reunion fans wanted. We they got <laughs> you got their letters. They wanted us to talk about Starbucks names. And 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 by the way, just to set up the scene. Uh, it is a it is a uh, late night. Yes, um, and we are having cocktails. Oh yes, I am having an old fashioned. And uh, Tiffany, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a bottle of wine. <laughs> a whole thing, the whole thing, just <laughs> top to bottom. I just opened it. That's my girl. We'll see, we'll see how far I get. I've got a cold beer uh, because this is an episode about the prom and fitting on theme of the prom. Everyone snuck in some booze, so good for everyone. That's very, uh, it's very prom-like behavior. Uh, Mark Paul, I know you didn't have a traditional high school. Tiffany, did you ever have any proms in your life, any actual ones? I was like Mark Paul. I did not have a traditional uh, high school. Hmm. Nope, it was tutoring. It's bizarre, too, because you were so many people's traditional high school, and yet you had none of those actual experiences. Just kind of quirky. Yep. Uh, but we could be here all day on that one. We should probably just dive into this episode because it is late night and we're all going to be asleep soon if this, if this booze keeps going. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> yeah. Also, you know, I thought it was interesting, Dashiell. You wrote uh, season two premiered September 8th, 1990. And Don Barnhart directs all 18 in a row for season two. It had been nine months since you guys recorded the last episode of, or since the last episode of season one aired, excuse me. And according to Wikipedia production codes, which I've been researching now. That's how deep we are into this podcast. (laughs) This wasn't the first episode you shot for season two. So this is what opened season two, but not the first one you shot. That would be an episode called Blind Dates. And again, that's according to production codes. We can get Franco on the line one of these days and he'll he'll straighten us out, but yeah. So we actually shot Blind Dates before prom. 
that is what I learned this morning doing some like detective work on the order of everything. We did that quite a bit though, Tiff. We did that like yeah. all of last season. The first the first season of Saved by the Bell. Uh, you know, the the premiere episode was saved. It was Dancing to the Max. Dancing to the Max. See, see how fr- quickly I forget. See, it was called Dancing to the Max, and Dancing to the Max was like episode thirteen or so for us. Way down. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And then they re they. Re, not re-aired, they aired the original pilot, you know, where I wake up and I, and then you come down with the volleyball in your hand. With the picture, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they aired that like episode 13. So they, the people yeah. did this quite a bit where he, there was no like logic to where he put episodes. He just put them in wherever he decided. I think it was probably what he felt like the episode was stronger or whatever, right? Yeah, he just air. wanted to I mean, move I'm the story along. How, he yeah. never wanted, mm-hmm. uh, you know, scenes to be, what was it, more than three pages, Dashwell? I think it was two pages was uh, what we learned from one of the writers, Bennett Tramer, who joined us. Well, that's also because we couldn't memorize more than two pages of lines. <laughs> <laughs> our attention span wasn't so great. <laughs> Neither was our audience, by the way. And, and Peter, you know, Peter understood that and he moved it along. The episode that I looked it up, it was the original season one finale was called Screech's Birthday. And I don't think that gets aired until season three of the original run. It was like really shelled. Huh. So by the time that rolls around, you guys look so much older. Yeah, because that that's really hard to do when you're working with kids that are young because we change so frequently throughout the seasons. They just didn't care. They were just like, yeah, they were just, yeah. yeah. No, they, they did not give a care. And you know what? <laughs> the audience didn't really notice. It was Saturday morning. They didn't really notice. And, and you will see that I, I, there's definitely a growth spurt that I had. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it from last season to this season. If you're following the seasons, uh, Mario, uh, Dustin grew up a little bit. Mario looks exactly the same. I mean, he's going to continue to look the same for the next thirty years. <laughs> um, right, you yeah. grow up. Damn I mean, we, him. we all sort of grew uh. up the second season, so it, it's it's interesting yeah. to watch. But with that, give us a synopsis. Let's get right into it, Dashwell. Yeah, just you know, just in case you're listening and you didn't get a chance to watch the episode. It's prom. Zach and Slater are making Kelly choose who she wants to go with. Kelly picks Zach, then learns her father got laid off and gives her dad her prom money for the good of their large family, then can't bring herself to tell Zach. Slater asks Jesse to prom. She says yes. Lisa goes on a date with Screech as a trial run for prom, only she talks all through the movie they're watching, so he dumps her. Kelly tells Zach she can't go. Slater tells Zach why. And Zach surprises Kelly with a romantic prom picnic outside the dance. They kiss. The end. <laughs> so, Tiff, can you believe we're still talking about this show 30 years later? I mean, what are we doing? I know. I know. And, I mean, even more, we're not even talking about it. We're actually doing it again. That's the crazy shit. That was pretty fun. <laughs> I had fun doing that. It was fun. Yeah. I did, too. All my scenes were too. with you. I had a lot. I did, too. I, I worked on that. That's right. Dash, <laughs> yeah, did that's work right. On you were there. <laughs> you were there. I, I wasn't on set with you guys because you filmed all of your scenes yeah. post-COVID uh, right. world. Um, but no, it was I. I didn't even mark the occasion. Thank you guys for reuniting again uh, this week. It was. It's that was really cool to see you guys together again. I can say that as a fan, not just a guy who worked on the show with you. It was really cool. Well, I'll say this as a person who actually finally watched the first episode this last week. Um, hilarious, like yeah, charming, funny, witty, a lot of heart, like really good. Yeah, and you know, people always thought that we wouldn't do a, a a reboot or reunion just because we, we for some reason, we didn't, you know, have a great time doing the original and we just kind of wanted to put it behind us. We never wanted to do these characters again. I, I think I can speak for both of us. That was never really the issue. The issue was like trying to find a vehicle that could celebrate the product, but also not take anything from the original away, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you kind of 
top what we did and how do you make it feel fresh and and like what are we going to be you and I are going to be back in school yeah I think also too like you see a lot of these shows that have tried to reboot there's been so many lately it's almost like trendy right now to reboot an old show right and most of them have failed and if they haven't failed they're not that great (laughs) a lot of the really nice praise and press the show got was saying like gee whiz this isn't this is not only is it not bad it's very good like they all open with the same thing of like we thought a reboot would be bad because so many of them are. And, you know, that's just the way it goes sometimes. And it stands on its own. It stands on its own. Like, it's not, it could actually be a show that's not a reboot. Like, you could actually watch the show and have never watched the original, right? Um, never watched the original and completely love, which is actually, I say, my husband, who's never watched the original, and he watched the first episode and he was like, holy crap, this is really funny. This is really good. Was that what you put out to the universe you were looking for in a man? Someone who had never seen Saved by the Bell? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you found I, it. I didn't. I didn't think so, but maybe, maybe subconsciously, I did. Who knows? He has never watched anything I've done. <laughs> Catriona had never watched uh, a See? single episode of Say by the Bell uh, either. That's my wife, by the way, Dashel. I figured it out. I use context clues. <laughs> 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 uh, well, wonderful. I'm glad. I'm glad you guys uh, aren't saying how terrible the reboot is. That would really hurt my feelings and make me sad. So Aww. thank you, and uh, I'm glad you enjoyed working on it. And uh, I hope we get to make more of that show sometime soon. But let's talk about this show. And we're in Kelly's room, and Zach and Slater bust in and kind of reigniting their rivalry over Kelly from that we had all through season one, and they are demanding she choose who to take to prom. You know, the, that romantic gesture everyone has done at one point in their life. Um, Tiffany, the, the actors had to fill out interest cards for the producers. Like, a, like, I know Mark Paul put dirt bike racing, and Mario put dancing and wrestling and everything under the sun. <laughs> it, it feels like maybe you get, based on Kelly's room, her interests are everything. And I'm wondering if that, did you like tell the producers you're into skiing and tennis and skateboarding and basketball and baseball? Cause, or, did, or did you give them nothing? <laughs> I must have given them nothing because none of those things <laughs> were things that I was into at all. You weren't into Tony Hawk in 1990? No, I, I mean, he's cute and all, but. Greg Lamond, the cyclist. Yeah, that's so funny. I don't remember filling out a card. I mean, it must have, yeah, maybe you just were like, I'm going to get lunch. You guys go bananas with the room. I trust you, you're creatives. And they, they really threw everything at the, literally at the wall. Um, Kelly's, we've talked about Kelly's room her, extensively in this. And uh, yeah, her interests are wide spanning for sure. Well, it's funny too, because I remember briefly that, you know, she comes from a huge family. And I remember that, you know, always that they didn't have a lot of money. So that's why my room wasn't going to look so pretty. Like it was, it was more like, you know, just stuff thrown on the wall, literally. Yeah, I mean, of course they had no money. They spent the entire food budget for the year on posters to uh, to line <laughs> Kelly's room. Um, this is also returning to a theme that was very prevalent in season one of uh, Kelly being indecisive. She cannot make up her mind. And Tiffany, I'm wondering if you as a person, would you, would you categorize yourself as indecisive? No, I'm completely the opposite. I am so type A and I'm all about making decisions and getting, getting things done and, you know, checking them off the list. So I could not be more opposite of that. Hey, Tiff, do, do you remember <laughs> the audition process of the show? Yeah. Do you remember? Oh, very much. You do? Well, I, I remember because it, it's, you know, I hadn't done much work before then. If, you know, like truly this is one of the biggest things that I got. I had done a couple little guest stars beforehand, but that was it. Like this was my first big sort of gig, um, which is, you can tell I was really bad, (laughs) you know, like I remember 
certain jokes. And I remember Don going, okay, let's try that again. Like that one joke that we had, that I had about, you know, um, wanting my mommy, remember? Like, like literally it was such a hard joke for me. I don't know why, but I remember, I remember that joke being hard for me. It's the weirdest thing I know, but, but I remember the audition process. I remember, um, that, it was a lot of a lot of girls in the room. I remember being very nervous. I remember um, it, you know, getting scaled down, and I kept getting called back. And you know, at the very end, it was me, Elizabeth, and Jenny Garth. Oh wow! For Kelly. Wow. Yeah. How crazy is that? If I, I have the story correctly, they they I mean they clearly picked you and Elizabeth, but they kind of created the Elizabeth character based on they 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 pulled the Elizabeth the, the Jesse character, excuse me, out of Elizabeth's personality, and she didn't quite fit the Kelly Kapowski. They had in her head. Yeah, suppose, I don't know truly how it worked with her, but I do know that she tested for Kelly um, and that she must have done such an amazing job and, and they loved her just as much that they created a whole new character for her, yeah. And uh, that brings us to a fuzzy pink fantasy sequence where Kelly is is wrestling with who to pick. Uh, she's using her dream, dreaming of Screech as Geraldo in a very fun uh, Geraldo parody at the Max. Uh, I love that. I love, we've talked a lot about... Se- Seeing him in costumes and his impression work—it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, I did. I, I watch rewatching the show. I never realized how good Dustin was at doing impressions. Yeah. He was always good. Remember, he was always doing voices all the time. I don't remember that. You don't? Not really. Yeah, I do. He was always doing those crazy voices. He was always trying to like definitely make a scene. You know, like he was definitely one of those kids that you know was in the right field because he was an actor. Like he wanted attention. So he was always oh, yeah. doing like tons of crazy, funny stuff all the time. Yeah. He kind of craved attention. He loved to make people laugh. He yep. wanted to always be like the center of things. Um, you know, it, 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 he, he was younger than us. And that's why there was, he had such a hard time fitting in with us. And there was like this sort of divide between the older kids and him. Yeah. You know, because back then he was 13. We were 16. That's a big gap. Know, yeah. Do the math. 14, 17. So at, all times, he kind of felt like the outsider. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I I sometimes forget that he was that much younger, but then I were then I go back and I actually look at him. I'm like, yeah, you can see how much younger he is yeah. too, even looking at him. And you know, like now, you know, my wife and I, I, I think there's a, a a four to five year gap. It's not a big deal in our 30s and 40s. It's not a big deal. But when you're in your teens, three years, two years, even one year, it's like a huge gap. It's, it's uh, and that, and that's exactly what he felt back then. You know, he always felt like we weren't including him. And it's like, yeah, little kid, go 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 play with your toys, kind of thing. Yeah, which I'm sure probably just even more so probably pushed him to try to <laughs> be bigger and funnier and like try to get the attention from us and everybody else. I just want to point out what's up with Slater getting the uh, the, the 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 audience reaction. I mean, he walks in, he got a bit of a, uh, a reaction in the last one about the gladiator thing, and now he's getting another one as he's walking in. You know, I, interesting. I, I <laughs> what do, do you remember those? I mean, you you definitely remember the audience, right? Being a part of the show, huge. I mean, I think right? I think I want to say that I remember as the seasons went on and and we started actually touring. Um, all of us toured a little bit in the U S but then we started going overseas when, you know, the seasons went on and on those audiences got bigger and louder as the seasons went on for sure. And I always feel like there were some that were pro Zach or pro Kelly or pro Slater, you know, there was like, Oh, this is your audience tonight. Like <laughs> you, know, you, you can't do any wrong with this audience. This was definitely in this particular episode, which is a shame because it's about you and I, uh, but this was a pro Slater 
audience, Dashiell. I'm just going to point it out. Every time, like, Slater yeah. can't do any wrong in this episode. Well, people, people, I think we're, we're definitely always voting for Zach and Kelly, no matter what. Like, as much as they loved, but they loved what they were already building between Slater and Jesse, right? So I think it was... He, he was playing the underdog, even though he wasn't really at the, does that make sense? Sort of, you know, so like the underdog always half the time gets more attention. Right. But I want to point out too, that's probably the biggest outfit that was non-fitting to Mario yeah. that he ever wore. Like, did you notice that? I'm like, where's his waist? I can't see his shoulders. Like, I'm not used to like seeing something so like big and blousey on him. I was shocked. Yeah, it's like a big zoot suit. I know. It's Kelly's fantasy. I mean, that's what she was into apparently. Uh, <laughs> but right. I, I just want to add that that maybe maybe the reason uh, he got more of a reaction is Mark Paul, Zach, Zach's character came in and like turned around Slater came in and did a dance. So like you you want the crowd to get pumped up, you got to do something. You got to give them something. Hey, do I need to remind you I was the blonde <laughs> Tom Cruise? I should be getting these reactions. Yeah, you do need to remind I, me. I, yes, I that's mean, correct. It's silly Thank that you. I'd have to dance and stoop to that level. How dare you? Right. When has Tom Cruise ever danced? <laughs> uh and then you know, it's really sweet that in this fantasy Kelly uh fantasizes about like overhearing Zach loving her. It's a very when we talk about why fans love Zach and Kelly and why this has been like a time-tested TV relationship, it's like there seems to be a real core of like this really fantastical true love. It is sweet. It's very sweet. It's sweet. I agree. And that brings us into the halls where, uh, yeah, Kelly Kelly breaks the news. She gives Slater the, uh, the slow letdown, similar to on Bachelorette or Bachelor, <laughs> where you like say something nice to the person you're dumping before you pick the one you actually like. Uh, which I thought was very, you know, very thoughtful of Kelly. She's sweet. You know, she tries. <laughs> Mark Paul, what do you think about how Zach handles it? I, I really don't remember <laughs> that scene. Um, you know, it's funny. I see my son a lot. And I, I, I well, my son is 16. So we're almost the same age, I guess. Um, and I, I hear I hear my son's voice uh, in, in, uh, in good old Zach there. Um, so it's, it's kind of fun for me to watch. Uh, I'm very happy with my hair in this episode, Dashwell, by the way. Oh, yeah, we haven't even checked in. Yeah, Tiffany, if you haven't been listening to 16 whole episodes of this podcast, <laughs> we spend most of it talking about Mark Paul's hair uh, when he was a child and, and how it has evolved with the show. Well, also his body, too. This is when you started like really starting to work out. I had to catch up to, uh, to, to Mario there. Um, you know, you could see... I notice these things with our with our mannerisms, like our handshake. It was it's very like aggressive. There's a lot of like tension behind it. There's a lot of uh, masculinity behind behind it. You know, there's there's just there's stuff there. You, you're you're nodding your head, Tiff, because you noticed. Well, because I of course because I witnessed it. I was on the other side, and I totally saw the very like testosterone hormonal like you know sort of two guys that were at the same age, and they're you know becoming popular on a huge TV show, but very different at the same time, you know? Um, yeah, I saw it. We all witnessed it. <laughs> there was less of it with the girls, but it was definitely there, by the way. Oh, between- no, we de- the girls definitely had it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I just think it manifested differently. Like, our ours was more about how we dressed and like the insecurities of like my skirt got to be shorter than Elizabeth's skirt, you know, or something like stupid like that. You know what I mean? Where- she was maybe feeling less feminine in what she was wearing, you know? But you guys, it was definitely much more of a almost old school macho, just about like guys being big and strong and, you know, just like 
I don't know. It was kind of funny. Like you, again, you guys got along really well, but at the same time, you, there was definitely that sort of like inner competition almost with yourself. I think that's normal when you're in your teen years. Did you have any input on your wardrobe? Were you happy with your wardrobe? I was never unhappy. I was, I got to be the girl that got to be dressed pretty hip and, you know, cute and all those things. I I never had an issue, but I also didn't have a character that was, was anything but like what every popular girl was supposed to be wearing at that moment. I know Elizabeth, Elizabeth had a harder time just because she was playing a character that was very different from her. Yeah. Yeah. She talked about it. Kelly's wardrobe is like still in style. Like I think like a lot of like the Kelly Kapowski outfits of that day are like you could easily see now. Oh, so much of it is back in. I mean, so much of it in, in a slightly different way, but still, still very much in. I mean, I look at that and granted my daughter is still a lot younger, but I see my daughter very much like on that path, you know? How about your hair? The hair. Oh my gosh, the bangs. I was bigger, like season one was a lot bigger and the hair was bigger and then it started to become a little straighter, but still the big bangs. And then the bangs started to calm down a little bit too. Do you remember? Yeah, but I was I, like, for me, I was kind of in control of my hair and there, there, there are times where I felt I didn't have any friends because you guys never told me that my hair looked like shit. I didn't think it looked um, like crap. <laughs> with, really? Oh my God. You should, <laughs> episode 13, 12. I mean, I had like this cotton candy flowing like rat's nest up front. Uh, it looked like a visor. Um, <laughs> I think the only one I would have said if I felt more confident in talking about it was Mario's hair. It wasn't yours. <laughs> <laughs> but so I was in control of that though. I, so I, 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 you know, I, 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 I did my hair for, for most of the show. Did you do your hair where like, were you in control of how you looked? I remember touching up certain things, you know, um, and probably doing more of like the final touch on my bangs. Cause that was such a huge thing. But I remember sitting in the chair and getting my makeup done and, you know, getting my hair blown out and all that. You know, I think I may have just touched it at the very end to kind of do whatever it was at the very end. Mark Paul was executive producing his own hair. (laughs) (laughs) And we get a brutal scene uh, when in Kelly's room where her dad explains he just lost his job and Kelly gives him her prom money to keep their family of eight afloat. All right, I'm going to start this off. Your dad is a real asshole, by the way. <laughs> I mean, seriously, this guy's a real <laughs> shitbird. I'm sorry. In real life, though, he was actually such a wonderful <laughs> actor and so sweet. Oh, oh my really? God, I loved him so much. He actually reminded me really? of my real dad. I remember, like, he had the brightest blue eyes, and I was, like, so captivated by him. But, oh, I guess he's an asshole because he took my money. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, who does this? That's what I was going to say. Like, how much is a prom dress back then, right? A couple hundred bucks, probably, because now they're, like, thousands of dollars. So, say it was, like, what, $300? Like, what is that going to do? Put, I guess, some food on the table for a week? I don't know. Let's back this up. How many kids are in this family? There's eight total. Okay. This guy works at a defense plant, right? He's living in the Palisades. He doesn't have enough money. He's going to take it away from one of his daughters. I mean, this guy's a real asshole. He has golf clubs. Can he just go sell those? Yeah, he can sell a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, so I guess the question I have for Mark Paul and for you, Tiffany, you're both parents now. How realistic does that one feel to you, <laughs> that a parent would take their child's prom money? 
Not very realistic. I mean, uh, Tiff and I could could attest to this. I mean, there's ups and downs as actors. I mean, you know, it's like sometimes you're you're doing really good, and then sometimes you're doing really not bad, but things are tight. There's never there's no chance that I'm going to go to my kids and and take their 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 money that they like get out of their drawer. I mean, it's it, that was a very <laughs> sad scene for me. Well, it kind of reminds me of like something like a, my six-year-old would like, if I had a six-year-old or a seven-year-old who would, who would think that those couple hundred dollars would make that big of a difference. You know what I mean? So it actually felt a little immature of my age to be doing that. Um, but I know they were trying to, I mean, look, it's all part of the story and, and it, and it actually, it pays off in the end when you actually do what you do and, you know, of course, shows how wonderful and sweet you are as a as a character. So, I mean, there's a reason, but well, wonderful. You know, it is what it is. Wonderful and sweet. You say it's the first time I ever lied to my father, and you. <laughs> it's like really. Yeah. You're oh sixteen. My God. You're sixteen. You never lied to your dad. You deserve a award. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, it's also like again when we talk about um, why you know fans have have latched onto Kelly Kapowski as a character for so many years. She's like the epitome of wholesome in so many ways where she had to trade her own happiness for world peace. That's like the biggest uh, like card to throw down on the table. Uh, I kind of love it though. It's like the most extreme example you could think of that she's she can't go to dances because world peace is happening. I used to remember um, Peter and Don both telling me that that you know the most popular girl in a lot of TV shows and movies were always not nice. And that they were always kind of a bitch, and um, and they wanted to not portray that. They wanted to portray Kelly as the complete opposite, which I thought was sweet. And Kelly's tears bring us into Act Two. We are in the halls of Bayside, and Kelly tells her friends, but she cannot bring herself to tell Zach because Zach bursts in to announce he already splurged on a limousine, and not just any limousine. It has a CD player uh, and also a TV, which was like the height of luxury and technology at the time. Yeah, I remember those days, man. We we would, you know, we we would get limoed around and if it had TV uh, a TV in it or or better yet alcohol, I mean, score. I think also those were that's when the cell phones in the car used, like they were portable but they were huge, but you could actually stick them in your car. I remember that too. Car phones that that lived in the car. Yes, or that you could carry it. Mine actually you could take out of my my sports car. I do remember that. It was the size of my purse. Then they got smaller, but they still like clicked in. But yeah, there's like a, there's like an inter, intermediate phase of like phones being in the car and out of the car. What was your first car, Tiff? Uh, you're going to remember this. So my very first car that I bought was a 280ZX, I want to say, T-top, I think. But it was a stick shift and I could not learn how to drive it. <laughs> so then my dad, my dad sold it. And then I got, do you remember this? I got a black Honda Prelude because of you. Huh. You don't remember any of this. I got a black on black Honda Prelude. No. You don't remember this? He sold you a car and he doesn't remember? No, no, no. No, no, no. He, ha- he had a Honda <laughs> Prelude as well. My mom did. My mom had a Honda Prelude. His, yeah, his mom. Yeah, they yeah were good but cars. He, drove it all, he, drove, he drove it all the time. Probably illegally because I didn't have my license. But yeah, I drove that car a lot. I got my license before yeah. you and I used to actually come to Valencia and pick you That's up. That's right. Yeah. Because that was like, that, that was like, if you had a car- I mean, I mean, you were like you were king. I I got my license later, um, but I did drive a lot sooner. Well, I'm sure you did. Did I drive with you? Did I drive? Did I? Did, would you drive me, or would I drive? Like, would, would you come pick me up, and then I would drive your car? Probably. I mean, knowing me, I'd probably let you do anything. 
<laughs> so to be clear, though, you you picked Mark Paul up from Valencia because for our non-Los Angeles listeners, that is like the most true friendship. Like, oh, talk about friends forever. Not only I that. I don't have friends that picked wait, up in Valencia. Even better. Do you know where I came from? Yeah, check this out. Well, I was still living at home and I was living in Long Beach. Oh my God, Long Beach to Valencia. Yeah. That's yeah. like, yeah. that's terrible. <laughs> That's the worst thing. Well, this is just for us Southern California folks, but that is honestly hell. I cannot believe you had to do that. I drove. I mean, I literally drove from Long Beach to Burbank um, Studios all the time until I finally moved. Well, that was for a job. It was for a job, <laughs> yes. But Mark Paul and I, I mean, we became good friends. I mean, like we literally were like brother and sister. Like it was like we hung out a lot. And we're in Belding's office for the, you know, prom planning committee. Uh, we get some of Jesse and Slater's dynamic emerging, you know, like Hey Mama and Macho Pig and- we get Alan, who's back, uh, one of our favorite other students who goes to Bayside. Uh, we learned Bennett Tramer told us Alan was one of his favorites, too. Uh, Mark Paul, we got some, some fat jokes here that just would not, would not get off the ground in 2020. And that's not a fat joke. That's, that's a flight joke. Yeah, no, I got that. Uh, yeah, I, that was in my notes okay, as well, Dashwood. I mean, Z- Zach is trash to Alan in this. You should do a web series. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what you need in your career as a podcast and a web series. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, it's not, it's not great. It's not. I mean, it's kind of a bummer, but, you know, he handles it well. And uh, Alan is like, we do talk about the other background students. There's also Robert, who has a great joke at the end of the scene. Um, this rewatch has made me appreciate the other kids at Bayside a lot more. Um, it really has. I, they, there are some real standouts here. Alan and Robert, definitely among them. Well, Robert is is my spirit animal of 2020. Uh, I mean, that that dude is is rocking the hair and the whole, just the whole vibe. I'm I'm all about Robert in 2020. Uh, Alan, by the way, is played by Dion Zamora, and Dion, you you talked about Bennett Tramer uh, that he was one of the favorites. I did a deep dive into Dion, and Dion was in a movie called Yeah Yeah Yeah. I had a lot of time on my hands today. <laughs> I really didn't. Um, but uh, Dion was in a movie called Lake uh, Lake Cucamonga. And Lake Cucamonga was written by Bennett Tramer. Also, it starred Brecken Meyer. Whoa. No way. Yeah, look at that. It had actually a lot of, uh, it had a lot of, uh, you know, Actors from our time, um, Jaleel White was in it. Uh, oh my god, Candace Cameron Bure, Josh. Wait, I actually uh, think Saviano. I know. I remember this film. I actually think I remember yeah. this film. I might have actually auditioned for it. I think we all did. I think we all did. And I was like, actually, kind of pissed that I wasn't in it. I was like, wait, Bennett Tramer wrote it, and we weren't in it. Well, fuck you. Was it pre Saved by the Bell? No, it was nineteen ninety. Oh man. So you know what? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you do the math there, Dashiell. Okay. Tiffany and I weren't in it, so you know I hope it failed. Well, uh, it's worth noting we we briefly touched on the reboot here, but but Brecken Meyer is now canon. Saved by the Bell. Uh, there's a Franklin and Bass joke like minute one of the reboot, so now Brecken is officially in the uh, the Bellaverse, I suppose, forever. <laughs> Welcome, Brecken. It was kind of cool to see. You know, during this scene, one of my favorite parts is while I'm cracking jokes up on Alan's behalf, Lark. Cannot keep it together. Just watch Lark in this. Oh, I want to watch. And watch her face as I'm cracking this. I just love watching people about to break. Look at her. <laughs> <laughs> love that. I also find it funny too. Alan is like, it's not like he's overweight. Like, no, it's he's funny not. that you yeah. guys, that there's like these fat jokes that really, to me, I'm looking at him like, he's not fat. Yeah, like Robert might even be huskier than Alan. 
let's call a spade a spade here. <laughs> like Alan is, you know. Yeah. I like that Dennis made a joke and then he laughs at it and then like coughs it off. I thought that was a really fun delivery uh, on on Nelson Mandela, a joke that a room full of children are probably not going to laugh at anyways. No. I feel like that Dennis Haskins setup plays a lot in a lot of his scenes, like that sort of laugh and then laughs it off, like that whole kind of back and forth. I think he does it quite often, if I remember right. Yeah, you, you, you certainly do. And we're in the gym. Uh, I think it's the gym. It's somewhere in Bayside. Might as well be the gym uh, for prom assembly. The theme is evening under the stars. And we already know kind of how this episode ends. I didn't, I have never picked up on that until right now, that the prom theme is evening under the stars. And it's going to end with a little outdoor picnic. I thought that was a, I thought that was cool. Didn't, never picked up on that before. I don't think I did either. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you didn't pick up on that, Tiffany, when you were the first time around. All right, you know, hey, it's, it's, look, guys, writers have to go into a room, they have to write the words, and it's, look, I thought it was cool, whatever. Uh, And Jesse and Slater advance their relationship. So this is an episode of relationship advancements, and Slater kind of dances around Jesse because they've been fighting over what music to play, and he very coolly asks her, you know, hey, do you have a date kind of thing? You know, we've all, another classic high school thing. And they go to prom together, and they're, it, just like Zach and Kelly's relationship is a, uh, you know, taking off. I don't know why takeoff stuff is all over this episode. It so are so is uh, Jesse and Slater's, and that's fun. Do you remember watching this that scene though? And I remember like how they started dancing. It was very like that sort of dance was so in back then. The way they <laughs> actually moved around each other. Do you remember that? Where would you watch while we? Because I remember we'd have to change or something. But where where would you watch this? Sometimes sometimes they would pre shoot it. You remember we would pre shoot. We most of the time we we pre-shot the entire episode in the morning and then we'd shoot it again for the audience that night where nowadays they don't generally do that. But we actually shot two shows fully morning without an audience afternoon or night with an audience. So who knows I just remember both of these scenes because I also remember the movie scene and I remember how hilariously funny both of those, you know, both Lark and Dustin were in that movie theater scene. I remember how funny they were. Well, the movie theater scene, which we're coming up to now, um, I, I remember watching these. That, that was clearly a pre-tape because those seats are where our live audience sit. No way. That, those are the seats. Yeah. Whoa, look at that. That's, that's not a movie theater. Yeah, so they shot, they shot that in the morning without the audience. That is a fun little fact. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is, that is so fun. You guys are sitting where your audience sits. I love it. Yeah. Before we get out of the gym, though, uh, worth noting that song Jesse and Slater are dancing to. That is yet more the that is more work from Scott Gale because you guys were not paying for the Paula Abdul or Janet Jackson songs they were referencing. Uh, and Jesse says, "I'll pick you up at seven. More Jesse Spano like feminist empowerment stuff. It's really cool to see. Um, and that brings us into the movie theater. It is it is date night. And yes, Lisa did agree to a date with Screech, but she also brought every single person she knows on the planet to this theater. Uh, which is the rest of her friends. Also, the number one movie at the time this weekend uh, would have been Ghost. So you guys are watching a zombie movie in this, but if it was real life, your kids probably, you probably would have seen Ghost already. It'd been out for months. You know, it's interesting that we have the same people at Bayside in the theater with us. Yep. <laughs> the, the, the background is basically the same. That's all they, that's all they could afford. <laughs> yeah. No one thought to put them in different t-shirts or anything. And why would you? Um, and we're in the Bayside locker room for a uh, little scene here between Zach and Slater where, you know, Zach just can't understand why Kelly mysteriously canceled on him and dumped him. 
And Slater explains the the real reason that you know she was doing it to uh to I don't know to help her family buy one more meal for eight. Um, but yeah, she Slater explains what's going on. Hey Slater, nice gym bag. <laughs> you were, how long did that take you? Was that were you up all night? Yeah, I was. Did you leave the Thanksgiving table early mm-hmm. to go right that? I one? did. I mean, look at that thing. Are you actually noticing the gym bag? Because I can't not notice his bulging bicep and oh, shoulder. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. So the guy can. Yeah, they're bigger than his head. So the guy, like, you know, works out a little bit. He drums, yeah. he dances, he wrestles. Whatever, guys. So what? Yeah. I, you seem over it. You don't seem upset at all anymore. And it's, it's a healthy place to be as an adult. Did you see me? So that's good. Did you see me punch the locker in this scene, by the way? Really hard. That, you know, <laughs> that's something. <laughs> And that takes us uh, right into Kelly's room, where her dad comes in looking like he works at the Malibu Sands Beach Club. Let's get a look at this outfit. It is literally your uniform at the Malibu Sands. Oh my gosh, it is. (laughs) And you know, Kelly, first of all, uh, Kelly's dad realizes that she lied to him, and I guess their relationship will be changed forever. (laughs) Uh, But then Zach shows up to to save the day with a, a really kind and thoughtful romantic gesture. Can I just point out, because we're, you know, I, you know how I feel about Kelly's dad. Um, you know, the, my future father-in-law, by the way. Uh, but uh, he, he seems, Kelly seems a little jumpy around her hmm. father. And then, you know, the, his tone when he says, you lied to me, <laughs> um, it's a bit controlling. Yeah, I mean, last time, last time he was in the room, he basically robbed her. So I can understand her concern uh, that he's in the, the vicinity. Did you have any of those feelings while you were shooting those scenes? I mean, did you ever think about that while you were doing that? No. No, I, I truly remembered how lovely he was and sweet. And I was captivated on how beautiful his eyes were. Sorry, that's me being a teenager and probably having my own hormones. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. No, good to look. This is this is good. I mean, Mark Paul, you, you, you knew I had a thing for older men. Come on. So maybe I don't know. I did? You do? <laughs> What? I have remember? no idea what you're talking about. No, oh, I don't. You do remember. He does now. Yes, I, do, I, don't. I was dating that dancer actor Oh, that guy. guy. Remember? That, yes. Oh, that right. That's right. Come yeah. on. I forget about those things. I, honestly, I forget about so much, Tiff. That's why we have a podcast. I mean, it's honestly, I don't remember any of this. I mean, it, it, it's somewhere deep in the back somewhere, and it gets brought up like when you brought that yeah. up. But honestly, I, I had... I, it's it's just not something that is at the at the front of my lobe, no. as, they, as, as the kids say. Believe me, it's not at the front of my lobe either. I mean, I'm literally watching that scene and remembering that guy, and then it brings <laughs> yeah. me back, you know. But I think we've talked about this. Like my my memories of that entire show are outside set. Yeah, it's stuff that you and I did. It's our travels, going to Europe. It's you know doing things besides being on set. No, it's true. Mine too. My 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 memories are of my friends in Valencia that I went to school with. The, my my friend Derek, who was across the street from me. Uh, hello, Derek, if you're out there. He's not listening to the show, um, but <laughs> <laughs> but I remember Derek and Nick. You know these guys that I hung out with, and those the things that the antics that we would get into. I remember those yeah. vividly. But what we did on set, we talked about this. I think one of the reasons we don't remember is because it was work for yeah. us. And people, do, I don't, I mean, I would imagine that people who aren't in the industry don't remember 
scenarios at work uh, all the time. Um, and, and that's why when it's, it's so interesting when fans come up to us and go, do you remember? And I, 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 I truly do not. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. That's why I say like, it's the stuff outside that I remember more. Oh yeah. That had a bigger impact. Us, us traveling was huge for me, like huge for me. Huge. And huge. I think our it, trip to Paris. Our, exactly. Our, those those things mall. have such yeah. a bigger impact in my life and my brain and my heart and all those things. And I mean, I think if any of, if the seasons, if I had to pick one that really had like a bigger impact, and I think we both agreed on this one as well, is those beach episodes because we were outside of our normal everyday set and it was different. And we were, you know, dry, we were at the beach, you know, like it was, it was just a different sort of feel of our show. And that, that also I remember a little bit more of. Uh, and we're back in uh, the smallest gym in America for Bayside's prom. Uh, Alan is in a... <laughs> A ravishing blue tuxedo, and, and Mr. Belding looks like James Bond. That is good costume work. Uh, there's also a, a student in sunglasses who appears to be on drugs, uh, dancing in the background. Haven't quite figured that one out, uh, but I guess they I guess they thought that was like a cool look at the time. Yeah, that is a kind of interesting thing. I don't <laughs> I don't remember any of the background art. You know, because the background artists they they were all substantially older than us. We've we've interviewed the twins. Uh, and and a, and a few of the other background artists and 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 I don't I I mean do you think he was on do you think he was on something like oh, I don't I just meant like I just meant like if if someone I'll put it this way I did have a, a typical high school experience if someone showed up to a dance like that with shades on I'm I would be like oh they're they are high out of their mind and think this is helping when it's doing the opposite would be my assessment of what I was seeing. I, I don't remember anything like that ever going on behind the scenes, <laughs> like you know that some of the, uh, the the extras were maybe you know taking nips off a a flask or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it was a very professional set. It was a very clean set, very positive. All all the dirty stuff was offset. Yeah, it sounds like Peter wouldn't let any <laughs> no. of that fly. From what I understand about Peter Engel, that uh, all the dirty shit happened when we went yeah. to Ed DeBevix after the show. Yeah, that and our our. What was it the last episode of the college years, or was it the first? It was the last episode. Of the what happened years. on that? Yeah, we'll talk about that next time. Oh my god, we're gonna get all the way to the college years. I can't wait. Oh, Hear god. that, Mark Paul? We're going what all on? the way to the college years. Do you remember the last episode of the college years? No, boy, that's a that. I'll, t- I, I'll text you later. I remember there was an incident where I, I was I was high for one episode. Was that during the college years? That's it. Oh, that was that's the last it. episode. You and I were high. Oh, yes. Yeah, I don't remember again. And do you remember? I, we have to talk about this when we yeah, finally get to no. this. If you do go to that episode. But I, I've said this story to literally like a very few people. But it's that's another vi- that's one of the only other vivid ones on set that I remember having because I remember we both took a hit and we were like, "It's last show. What are they going to do? Fire us?" <laughs> you know, Mark Paul and I again, like we were like super close, like we were like friends, sure. you know, like really good yeah. friends, and and so we both and you know, I was not a neither one of us were pot smokers no. at all, so we were like, I can't even remember who we got it from, but. We, I remember taking one hit and I think you yeah, did the too. same. Yeah. And that very first scene, we, you were talking super fast and going through your lines so fast. And I was like looking at you and I was like, oh my God, am I talking that fast? I'm thinking <laughs> myself in my head. And, and then I started talking really slow and thinking <laughs> that I was talking really fast. And I remember Don literally up in his booth, cut, walked down out of the booth. Do you not remember this? No. Sitting us on the couch and going, 
what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> wow. Oh, really? Wow. That's uncomfortable. Yes, you don't remember this? No. Yeah, he goes, get no. your shit together. He's like, I know you can. Come on, let's go. <laughs> wow. No, I, I remember getting high one time in my whole career, and that was then. But yeah, I never same. realized that that was the final episode. Final episode I mean, of Say by the Bell College Years. And we were literally wow. the two of us. I remember us saying, it was either in your room or my room. I can't remember. And we were like, they can't fire us. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, I I, I always remembered hearing um, actors getting high on, on, on things and, and always sort of envying that. And being yeah. like, wow, how do they do that? Because I could never do that. And it, I, I think that that was a one and done for me. Uh, well, same. I've never- and I've, I've never been a pot smoker since. Like, I, I actually, I'm, it's not my thing at all. Um, but it's, it's such a, again, a very vivid memory of mine with you on that very last episode. So yeah, when we finally get to the college years, we'll, we can, we can re. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to watch that. it tomorrow. Can't wait. That, that, yeah, I think I know what I'm doing tonight, right after this is done. Uh, <laughs> um, and we get uh, in the, uh, the prom scene, Screech is like being a real jerk to Lisa, which is a funny thing because he's about to pursue her endlessly until the end of time. And, uh, and Slater and Jesse just tearing it up on the dance floor, like some real, who knows where this relationship is going, kind of uh, energy. It's fun. Isn't it also kind of nice to see the role reversal, though, of Dustin kind of doing what Lark's been mm, doing yeah. to him this whole entire time. So I actually was, it was kind of fun to see that he was like, I, you know what? I can, I can dishes what you've been doing. I've been, di- I'm dishing you what you've been doing to me for, for so long. Right. Yeah. And what you'll continue doing to me the second I leave this DJ booth uh, <laughs> until we graduate high school and I stay here for another six years. And Zach brings Kelly. Uh, this brings us to the parking lot. I think of Bayside or the exterior at least. Uh, and they, you know, he set up a nice little picnic table with that sign from the planning committee. I love that it is a, uh, a sign that pays off later. It's, look at what a sweet thing this is. This is like the nicest thing in the world. For a, high sc- for a boy in high school, at least. This is like Hall of Fame stuff. When I think, I think you also saw Zach all the time, always cracking jokes, always like generally making fun of people or, you know, like being kind of the wise, the wise ass of, of the group kind of. And it, to see him sort of be grounded and sweet and have a lot of heart was a big deal and it paid off. Yeah. I mean, he did get the school to pay for his fancy sign. So like that, that sign is printed on reflective paper with c- multiple colors. You know, he saved a couple bucks. He still did a little scheming. Can't help it. <laughs> Tiff, do you remember if this scene was uh, pre-recorded for the audience or did we actually do this for the audience? I think again, I want to say it was probably both because I remember I thought any time that we kissed on the show, and this one was definitely the first one, the audience went crazy, right? Yeah, I I, I was a little um, I was a little disappointed uh, by the uh, reaction from the audience uh, here because it wasn't as big as I wanted, um, given it our first kiss. I think that was a choice. I think they. I agree. I think they kept it so it wouldn't be like a salation. It was like I think that was I a agree. choice for it to be sweeter than a like whoa kind of thing. Um, that the kiss has usually got. Yeah, well, I could have used a little bit more. You needed more. The kiss wasn't enough. Okay, all right. Uh, and DJ Screech is going to play one last song. And Zach and Kelly get to dance outside uh, by by candlelight. It is really funny. Like, will you dance with me? It'd be devastating to get a no to that question in this <laughs> scenario. <laughs> I'm just looking at the uh, the body language between us. Uh, I and, know. And I just, I, it, we look awkward. 
I mean, I'm not really like pulling you in and it just feels, I don't know, were we awkward at the, towards each other at this point? Like, I feel like there was definitely, I don't know if it was nervousness or like we were, we were becoming close because I do remember that. We were becoming very friendly and like hanging out. But I couldn't remember. I was trying to remember if I had a boyfriend then because I feel like that might have been the reason why we had a little bit of a sort of separation, you know, or we didn't want to take it too far, even though I know I probably would have. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I do remember that. Like your boyfriend would actually watch because he was older. He would come to set and watch yeah. this stuff. Yeah, sometimes. He right? wasn't there all the time, but- yeah. But uh, he's probably there for this. He might have been. I, I don't remember him being there for that. I don't remember him being there for that. But I think it was more just the essence of knowing that I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But that's what I remember, sort of. I don't know for sure, but but I do remember because I we were hanging out a lot and we were becoming super friendly and close and hanging out and stuff. But I I, I remember. I think I had a boyfriend. I think I was dating Eddie at this time. And it's the. Uh- it's the yes, yeah, the kiss heard round the world on Saturday morning, um, and just like Jesse and Slater's relationship has escalated in this episode, now now you guys are an item. Um, and I I read that in writing season two, the the writers wanted to pair you guys up. They they knew that this is the way things would need to go. And as soon as you were paired up, they knew. Well, shoot, we, we got to rip them apart sooner or later because <laughs> uh, yeah. Zach is just more fun when he's scheming. So enjoy it while it lasts. And then it'll last again some more later. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of up and down from him having older women coming around and I with older men coming around. <laughs> yeah, that's that's classic high school. Yep. <laughs> and that's the episode. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us. I, I know I really appreciate it uh, as a longtime fan of the show, but also as a podcast host who's just sick of talking to Mark Paul. Uh, it's good to have another another friendly voice and face. So thank you. It means a lot for you to be here. Of it course. Really does. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, Anytime. this has been a long time coming. I know. And nice to go down a little bit of a memory lane, right? It really was. And I, I thank you so much for taking the time to to join us and have some fun with us. And hopefully this won't be the last time that you do this. And we'll, we'll, we'll try to find another episode yeah. that... Uh, that uh, you know is, is heavy Zach and Kelly, and we'll have some more fun. Possibly have some more drinks. You never have to twist my arm with uh, late night drinking. So, <laughs> <laughs> and just before we get out of here, we have homework, of course, for next week uh, for Mark Paul and the listeners at home. Zach's War. It is the second episode of season two. Mark Paul, you want to take a shot in the dark about what this might be about? Zach's War. Yeah, yeah. Say by the Bell covered a lot of things, including war. No, there. I, I. I mean, obviously, I'm not. It, it's not. Do I go? It's. Oh my god, I'm so flustered by these these titles. Sorry. I mean, I didn't mean to take you. you is, know, take you is back. It, is it? Does it have anything to do with boot camp? Yeah. Because I remember there was an episode. It does. Oh yeah, there was. It does. Yeah. Oh, it does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I remember there was an episode. Tiff, you remember it, right? Where we kind of like did something with like. Thing or whatever. There, it's like, oh, it's like you don't even have to watch I, it. Okay, you already yeah, know what's yeah, going yeah. on. It's but but here's the thing. I do remember it because I went to a Marine Military Academy. We talked about this in previous episodes. I went to a Marine Military Academy uh, when I was 13 or 14, and I remember taking it very seriously during this next episode. Um, like the the movements that we had to do and the marching and stuff. And it was like you know I'm sure I was pretty annoying because it was like hey Mark Paul. It's just a TV show. No one gives a shit. Can't wait. Thank you, Tiffany, again. Uh, Thank you, Mark Paul. Thank you, the listener, for listening. We will see you next week. 
Zack to the Future is a production of Cadence 13. It's executive produced by Mark Paul Gossler, myself, and Chris Corcoran. Production and direction led by Terrence Malingone. Editing and mastering by Andy Jaskowitz. Engineering and production coordination by Sean Cherry. Artwork by Kurt Courtney with illustrations by Jeff McCarthy. Marketing is led by Josephina Francis with PR by Hilary Schuf. Thanks to the whole team at Cadence 13 and to you for listening.